We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Nelson Verbit, a career winner of nearly $30,000 with the FFPC. In this episode, we discuss his FFPC main event team that is climbing to the top of the leaderboard and how he's treating Ezekiel Elliott on that roster. Plus, we break down Martavis Bryant's future with the Steelers and who he is targeting this week on the waiver wire. Also, to kick things off in this podcast, we'll hear from 2016 FFPC main event co-champion David Hubbard, the winner of the $250,000 grand prize in the contest, along with his co-manager Nelson Sousa. David Hubbard talks about the new normal in Green Bay and his thoughts on Jarek McKinnon and Mark Ingram. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it helps support the podcast channel as well. Now, without further ado, let's check in with the champ, David Hubbard. The big, uh, the big news this weekend, 
uh, Dave, was the uh, was the Aaron Rodgers injury for the Packers. And I'm not sure how many Aaron Rodgers teams you guys have, but are you looking to acquire Brett Hundley off the waiver wire uh, to replace Rodgers or maybe just to acquire another quarterback? Or for those teams where you're trying to replace him and for fantasy owners that are trying to replace Rodgers, would you recommend that they go a different direction other than Hundley? Uh, funny thing is we drafted all these teams. We don't have one Aaron Rodgers team. Didn't draft him one time, but we do own a lot of Devontae Adams, so it has a correlation where it affects us uh, because I don't, I don't know if Adams will be as good without Rodgers. So Rodgers has an impact on a lot of players, Jordy, uh, Montgomery, uh, Bennett. So, But the Hundley kid, uh, I probably won't be going after Hundley. We're, we're, we're set at quarterback. We're uh, pretty much uh, the guys we uh, have we're going to stick with. And uh, I actually like the kid in San Francisco uh, better than I like Hundley. So I think he might actually uh, have a, be a better NFL quarterback than Hundley. Yeah, so. C.J. Beathard uh, really, I mean, he almost helped the Niners win that game after they got, uh, you know, down all those uh, all those points. Beathard looked very, very good. He's going to be another guy. The thing is, there's only two teams on bye this week, and I think it's um, – uh, Detroit and Houston. So anybody for who has, who has Stafford or anybody who has Watson, maybe they look at adding a guy like Beathard or, or Hunley. Certainly the Rogers owners will be looking in the Hunley direction as well. I'm um, talking about those lions. They're, they're not a, a terrible defense. They're not, they're not world beaters, but they're not terrible. Mark Ingram looked fantastic against them in his first game without Adrian Peterson in the backfield with him. Are you expecting more performances like this one from Ingram going forward? I think Ingram will have some more good games, but the problem with Ingram is what it always is with Sean Payton. Uh, One week it'll be Kamara, one week it'll be Ingram. Funny story, we actually have a really good uh, primetime NFC team where we have a flex spot and we have Ingram and Kamara, and we never get get it right. We play Ingram (laughs) one week and Kamara next week. So I don't have an answer to that question, Balky, because I have a team that is really, really good, and I never, ever get that right. So... I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a nightmare if you own both those guys trying to figure out, okay, kind is this an Ingram week or is this a Kamara week? Kind so. of rem- reminiscent of the uh, the old Patriots running back situation where you could not, you knew one of them was going to have a great year, you knew one of them was going to have a great week, but it was so difficult to pinpoint which one it was going to be on a week-to-week basis. At least that you got a 50% shot of getting it right. Yes, you do. <laughs> Flip a coin. <laughs> uh, sticking with the backfield, Jarek McKinnon looking very, very good. Uh, the last two weeks now, he's done it two weeks in a row. Do you think he's going to be in your starting lineup and, and fantasy owners, uh, should they be plugging him into their starting lineup more often than not now that we've seen him do this on back-to-back weeks? Love McKinnon. I wish I owned more McKinnon. At one time we had a lot of McKinnon and then when Cook uh, looked really good, we just uh, – uh, we our, our worst uh, fault in managing fantasy teams is rotating the roster and won't hold guys. Even though we think McKinnon has a lot of world talent, we say, oh, we got to move on to the next guy. We still have some McKinnon, and I would definitely play McKinnon every week. To me, I, was, I made a comment that I, he looks like one of the best running backs in the NFL. Kid is super, super explosive. I wonder Love what, the kid. I, I wonder what it took because he's he's had the opportunity to, to do it before. I mean, he was an athletic freak. Uh, you know, he played quarterback in college and, and really tested well in, in all of his measurables. And it just, he got the opportunities and it just never seemed to click. And now all of a sudden it is clicking. And I don't know what, if the light just turned on or what, what do you think it was with McKinnon that now all of Maybe a sudden Maybe Cook motivated him because I read a report. That's why we drafted McKinnon. We drafted McKinnon a lot. And then, like I said, we didn't hold him. 
he, he said in camp he wanted that job and this was the year, but now they brought in Cook, drafted Cook High, got Cook got the job, Cook looked good. And maybe that motivated the kid. NFL players are, are, are a weird deal. Some You never know what makes them uh, have that want to is what I call it. Uh, some players have a want to. You can just see it. Other guys just go through the motion. So you always want the guy that has the want to. And to me, McKinnon looks like he has a lot of want to right now. Yeah, McKinnon so. obviously blocked uh, long-term by Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. But he, I believe this is his uh, contract year, so he will be I think this for, will make him some money right yeah, here. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So he'll be a guy to watch in free agency when we hit the uh, offseason. Last question for you, Dave, before I let you go. Uh, is the tight end position in Tampa all about Cameron Brates right now, or are you going to keep O.J. Howard around uh, for a potential championship round run for the rookie? You know, give, we always talk about rookie tight end struggling. O.J. Howard is a special tight end. Um, does he does does he put it all together uh, by the end of the season um, and uh, all of a sudden things are clicking with him and Jameis Winston? Or is it Cameron Brate's job the rest of the year? I think it's Cameron Brate's job as long as he stays healthy. Winston loves Brate. I even said when they drafted Howard, Winston like just loves Brate. So it might take Howard a couple of years to, to realize his uh, potential. Uh, Brate might have another year after this year. It might take uh, sometimes tight ends, young tight ends, it takes a special tight end like Ingram in New York. When that kid came out, I said, hey, this kid looks like Aaron Hernandez to me. He plays like Aaron Hernandez. And now he's he's getting the whole target share. So it might, But with Howard, it might take him uh, a little while to adapt to the NFL. So I think it's all Cameron Barrett. I wish it – last year we owned a ton of Cameron Barrett. And this year with Howard there, we didn't draft Cameron Barrett as much. But uh, Winston has a love affair with Cameron Barrett, no doubt about it. Yeah, Cameron Brate looking very good. Hopefully he gets uh, Winston back on the field this week. David, this has uh, always been fun talking to you uh, each and every week here on the on the High Stakes uh, Lowdown. We are more than halfway through the regular season of the Football Guys Players Championship in the FFPC main event. I wish you nothing but the rest, uh, or nothing but the best, I should say, as we get underway for the rest of the regular season onto the championship round. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Thanks, Walker. I enjoyed it. Thanks to David Hubbard for his input this week. Now here's $30,000 high-stakes winner Nelson Verbit. All right, so Nelson, uh, well, I, I want to talk to about what you what you actually do for a living. But before we get into that, what maybe some people don't know about you, you've already won the FFPC Terminator uh, two years ago. You already have a top 25 FFPC main event finish under your belt. And now here you have uh, another team this year that's right in the thick of it. Uh, it, it, it's been a, a special couple of years for you in the FFPC. You know what, man? It, it, it's the only place I play. Uh, I, I believe in the league. I believe in the people that run the league. I believe in the way they run the league. And, you know, it, it's really the only place to be if you're a high-stakes player. They do everything right in there. And it's not just a promo for you guys. Um, you know, you guys are real people running, running a great business and, and a great league out there for everybody else. And, Honestly, it's the only place to be. Well, we, we certainly appreciate that. Uh, so tell the listeners what you do do for a living when you're not winning all this money playing high-stakes fantasy football. Uh, I happen to own uh, two credit card processing companies. Uh, if you ever heard of what merchant services is, I'm the guy that pretty much on the East Coast puts the credit card machines into the stores and the merchants is what I do. I'm the credit card guy. The, the credit card king, as it were. I, that that would that would be the the handle. I'm the credit card <laughs> king. Yes. I like it. So this year, uh, for your drafts, you actually, um, especially because you're in the the pros versus Joes this year, uh, that we uh, that people heard on the high stakes fantasy football, or they they heard you draft. 
uh, in late July, um, you know, putting that together uh, with, you know, going up against five FFPC Joes, six industry pros. You actually had some help in that draft that night. Uh, and you're doing all right. You're doing pretty good in that draft. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. My partner in uh, business, Mark Harrelson, down in uh, Texas, who also is uh, partners with Blake Pyle, who won Football Guys Championship two years ago. We're all kind of related in business, as I think we talked about before. So, um, yeah, yeah, we did pretty good in that. Uh, we liked it. And then uh, we're now, um, as I would say, terminated after uh, Aaron Rodgers went down this week. Um, like a lot of other people, you know, we took a big hit there. We also um, we went heavy Packer with Montgomery, so we, we've taken a hit there. We've done all right, but I expect we're going to probably fall off now. Well, we'll 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 see what happens. Did you have any not not even specifically for that pros versus Joe's league, but did you have any further help for you from uh, from anybody who may or may not be blood related to you for your uh, fantasy drafts this year? Yeah, it's funny. Ask my my eleven um, year old daughter Layla and uh, my nine year old son Jagger. They. Um, they did uh, probably all 20 drafts with me. They, um, <laughs> they'll, they'll work the list. They'll do research. Uh, they know about every player in the NFL. So I believe in starting these young kids out right and getting them involved in fantasy football right from the beginning. And they do have me. Layla and Jagger have to be standing right by me so they can say hi to Eric. Absolutely. Hi. What's up, guys? Hi. hi. What's up? You, uh, you, you certainly have done very well uh, for yourself uh, in, in these leagues this year. And with, uh, with geniuses like this at your side, it is no doubt, it's no surprise uh, that you were once again in the thick of the $250,000 chase, Nelson. Yeah, it, it's nice. We are in the thick of it. It's nice having your two kids uh, with their phones out, checking scores and uh, <laughs> keeping Pop updated on Sunday. And uh, it, it is nice. We are in the thick of it. We, we, we got a real good team this year. Uh, one of my teams um, in the main event, um, we have pretty high hopes for. Yeah, and let's talk about that because I believe it, it's still undefeated. It's a 6-0 and team, right? It is. It's, it's a points leader, 6-0 and team. It's strong. Um, it's running back-based. Um, and it's funny because it was, it was one of those things that when, when I went to draft it with my buddy, um, Elliot was still suspended, and um, we kind of took a shot. We put a strategy together. We wanted to just do something different. Um, and we took a shot with Elliot in the, the, uh, the one five slot, uh, took him, but we, we promised each other we were going to have every backup possible being Alfred Morris, McFadden, wherever we had to take him, we were going to take him. And we also discussed that we were going to take Doug Martin, who was also suspended and we had to make sure that we got Rogers. Now we, we did catch, you know, a monster break there, um, like a lot of a lot of people did, which is what made the team so strong. We picked up Kareem Hunt in the third round. Um, I was adamant on getting Kelsey in the second, and uh, Hunt was there in the third uh, somehow. So it's a real running back uh, heavy base team, and we have really high expectations for it. Yeah, going forward, that, that you certainly have. I mean, two pieces of this suddenly explosive Kansas City offense that we've seen this year, and two major pieces of that in Kelsey and Hunt and and Elliot. You know, let's talk about him a little bit because we have and, and to once again bring the the listeners behind the curtain. You and I are are talking on Tuesday night here, um, right. and and right. I mean, like I don't know when it probably came out a few hours before we started taping that. Uh, yeah. Elliot will once again be playing this week. He gets uh, he gets the clearance from the courts, and he will be back uh, playing uh, for the Cowboys this week. 
Now, the what I what I read is that it's only a 14 day thing. It's like a temporary uh, stay on it, and then you know we it, it, you know we'll we'll see what happens after that. For it, you, it, it, it is. Okay. It, it's a temporary injunction. Um, he's guaranteed to play this week. Um, personally, I have mixed emotions on the whole thing. Um, being I'm a monster Eagles fan, right. so I have mixed emotions there. But the fact that if he would have gone and been suspended now, he would have been back um, for the playoffs. Um, I, he would have been back in week 13. Correct. Right. Yes. Week yep. 13, we had it slated, you know, and that would have been the championship round, you know, before going into the big main event round, which would have been great to have him for the championship. I'm just um, pretty sure, you know, this is going to get delayed a little bit and pushed out and then he's going to get suspended and we're going to lose him going forward. It's one of those things that we don't we really don't have a precedent to to look at and and try to like guess what's going to happen. We're just kind of rolling with the punches. And for you now you drafted both Morris and McFadden in this league to go with Elliot. Are those guys still on your roster? Are these guys that you want to keep around as much as you can with with they're, Elliot? They're not going anywhere. And uh, our strategy is pretty simple. We're going to play Doug Martin and Kareem Hunt and see which one of those guys emerges. I would imagine it's going to be McFadden um, for a few reasons, Morris can't catch the ball, and McFadden can catch the ball, and he's already proven himself to Jerry Jones, and what Jerry Jones wants is probably what's going to happen. So I, I think it's going to be McFadden, but I'm I'm not cutting either one loose. There's not a chance. Let's talk about the uh, wide receiver position on this squad. Uh, Martavis Bryant's been in the news. He reportedly asked the Steelers to trade him after the game on Sunday. Now he's since come out and said that he did not request a trade. The trade deadline is coming up. In uh, two weeks, uh, I believe it's two weeks from today. Do you think he gets moved? And and even if he doesn't, the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster has been out-snapping him, is Smith-Schuster a must-own in, in the FFPC right now? He, he is a must-own. And, you know, surprisingly, you know, he, he was still available out in a lot of leagues as of, you know, two weeks ago, which was kind of surprising. But there's no chance Bryant goes anywhere. Um I've just seen too often in that league when people start chirping, you know, good players that start chirping like A.J. Green did a couple weeks ago. The next week he saw 12 targets. You know, I, I fully expect him to, to see some targets this week and probably get into the end zone against Cincinnati. Uh, I'm playing him. I don't think he goes anywhere. He's the kind of guy, you know, if you have a good solid team like we have that's extremely stable, you can afford to gamble with him because if he blows up, you know, the game's going to be a blowout, and we've been 6-0 and and able to ride through uh, with most points, playing him, getting, you know, four, six, seven points a week. Um, I believe in his talent, um, not so much his head, but I believe in his talent. And, and I think eventually, you know, they'll get on the same page. Look, listen, Roethlisberger, you know, has just been horrible up until this week pretty much. And, you know, a lot of it's quarterback-driven, you know, as you know. It, it doesn't matter what kind of receiver you have. If the quarterback's not getting you the ball, it doesn't matter. You, you look at what A.J. Green did the first few weeks when Dalton was a mess. It doesn't matter. So I, I'm definitely riding that one out. 
I want to shift back to maybe some draft strategy, uh, maybe, maybe just to, to get your uh, your analysis on um, what a lot of people have uh, taken advantage of, especially over the last few years, and that's pass-catching running backs in the mid-rounds. You look at guys who did not go extremely early in FFPC drafts, guys like Chris Thompson, Duke Johnson, uh, Alvin Kamara, Buck Allen, they're all in the, in, in the top 20 right now for fantasy points among running backs. So are the people that, that really, you know, we're, we're talking about the, the benefits and, and telling everybody to go zero RB, are they being proved right this season because of players like this? Or do you think in the long run you still prefer to get a stud running back or two early on in drafts? Well, it's, it's a great question. Um, I have Chris Thompson, I think, on eight or nine teams. Um, all I had to do was see one interview in the summer with Kirk Cousin. And what, he wasn't even on a football field saying Chris Thompson's his, his, his blanket and his safety blanket. And, and being an NFC East guy, I already knew his talent, so I have him on a ton of teams drafted in 12th through 15th round. With that being said, if you pull up the FFPC main event right now and you pull up the top 15 teams – they have one similarity, every one of them. Everyone's got Fournette, Gurley, Elliott, or in Hunt, and usually two of, two of those four, some three of those four. Okay, so, yeah, I think that you can do well, but, you know, Chris Thompson will still throw up the three spot, which he did a couple weeks ago. I, I think, you know, you can win a league like that. You can't win it all like that. You need a stud, and you need probably two of them, and, you know, and they need to be healthy. Is the only way to, to you know to win it all, and that's what we're here to do is win it all. Yeah, and health is is a huge part of that too. And I think if and that's what makes those early round running backs so valuable because if you can get a guy who's going to threaten to touch it twenty to twenty five times, well, not even twenty to twenty, but like fifteen to twenty two times a game, and as long as that guy's healthy for you know fifteen sixteen games, I mean that and and performing, you all of a sudden are way ahead of the curve because those are so few and far between. Uh, in leagues, and it's extremely rare, uh, even in a 12-team league, for you know multiple teams to hit upon a guy like that. And certainly, I, I totally agree with you. If you look at the top of the the main event leaderboard, there are you know the majority of the teams in the top 20, top 30, they all have one stud running back. Like you said, a lot of them uh, have two as well. Uh, let's talk about the Terminator uh, that that you won two years ago. This is an interesting um, competition the FFPC offers. It is a 26-round uh, draft experts draft where you have to drop a player off of your roster each week throughout the year until week 16 you are left with 10 players and uh, on your roster uh, you won this it's uh, a $10,000 first prize uh, I, I want to specifically ask you because this is so unique what is the most difficult part of that competition you know cutting a player every week how do you how do you know who to cut how do you know when it's time to go I mean obviously if a guy tears his ACL it's staring you in the face of what to do, but I, I got to admit you, or I have to believe that you had to have some pretty difficult decisions facing you throughout the majority of the season. You, you really do. I mean, you talk about how buys come into play, how luck comes into play. Um, if you remember, I, I texted you. I'm surprised you didn't ask me this a couple of weeks ago. Can I actually continue on with Terminator? Right. No kicker. Right. That was by the way, that was preseason. I happened to draft three <laughs> kickers that were all cut or hurt. So I've been playing with no kicker. Um, when Josh Lambeau got cut, somebody else got cut. Caleb Sturgis tore his knee. 
all of a sudden I had no kicker. So you, you need a lot, you need a little bit of luck with that, but the bye weeks are so instrumental on in who you're going to cut because you're drafting, I think 26 or 28 players. So there are some easy cuts, but you know, I, I'll tell you, one of the first guys I cut who was the 26 round draft pick was Schuster. You know, he was one of the first guys I let go. And, you know, you just don't know. I, I seen one of the leagues where the guy let go Deshaun Watson in like the third Ooh, week. Yeah, that's you know, brutal. You know, it's stuff like that. It's a killer. So you really have to project what's going on and be smart about it. You know, it, it's hard to win in that league keeping the backups. So the handcuffs in that, it, it's a little bit crazy because, you know, if, if you're keeping Darren McFadden on your roster who's getting zero points in case Elliott gets hurt, you know, other teams that gamble in that, which I did when I won, I gambled. I only ended up drafting two quarterbacks, which was kind of crazy that year. Um, but that was just the strategy I went with. You know, if a quarterback gets hurt, you're, you're in a lot of trouble. Um, and the same thing with a running back. You know, if, if he stays healthy and you're carrying the backup, you know, for 10, 11 weeks when you could be carrying, you know, an Adam Thielen, you know, when he gets down to, you know, the last four or five weeks, it it makes it real difficult. So I think it's more of a gambling type tournament uh, mixed in with some strategy. Honestly, you have, you have to take chances or you can't win that. Yeah, definitely. You, uh, and, and with things, you know, changing so fast in the NFL, uh, you know, seemingly from a week to week basis, a lot of those decisions can, can look very smart one week and then very silly uh, the next week. It's what makes it so fun. By the way, I, I did cut Aaron Rodgers today. Yeah, there you go. See, I'm telling you, it's, it's some, sometimes these decisions are made for you. Um, let's uh, okay. So sticking in the NFC North, a guy who uh, is not expected to miss the rest of the season, but is expected to miss uh, probably a few weeks, is Golden Tate with his shoulder injury that he suffered on Sunday. So you look at the other receivers in Detroit for anybody who has Marvin Jones or Kenny Galladay or even Eric Ebron on their roster now. How? Um, more likely, how much more are we expecting from those three players? Who picks up the Golden Tate targets while he's out? It's big problems for them, honestly. Um, I have plenty of shares of Marvin Jones, who's done well on very few targets. Um, been in the end zone a bunch, very few targets. But none of those guys are, are somebody, first of all, Galladay's still not practicing. Uh, Ebron probably the most overrated tight end in the league. I would rather have George Kittles than Ebron, and I do. Um, can't catch the ball. Doesn't look like he's in the right place at the right time. They have problems. I think if you look at somebody that's going to really pick up the slack, you know, especially with that, you know, not going to be able to run those bubble screens with Tate and, you know, short slants, I think Riddick probably picks up a lot of targets here. Yeah, Riddick is a guy that um... – you know, not a lot of people are talking about. And and people, uh, honestly, if you have Riddick on your roster, you've probably already been playing him. This is a huge, huge boon for him, uh, at least for the next few weeks, a guy that can really um, make some hay while the sun is shining with uh, with Tate out of the lineup. The uh, the opportunities and the targets will definitely be there uh, for uh, for. Yeah, I, I like him a lot more than, than I like any of those receivers, to be honest with you. Uh, Tampa Bay, another injury there. You have uh, Jameis Winston has the, I believe it's a sprained AC joint. Uh, we don't know if he's going, or at the time of this tape, we don't know if he's going to be playing this uh, coming week. Uh, it is an injury that uh, people have played through before. But regardless, I mean, if it's Jameis Winston gutting out 
uh, an injury playing this Sunday, or if it's a healthy Ryan Fitzpatrick, are you starting any Tampa players not named Mike Evans in any of your leagues with this situation going on in Week 7? I have not changed one thought about Tampa. Let me let me tell you something here. If I tell you 31 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and 88 quarterback rating, and I tell you 28 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 86 quarterback rating, that was Fitzpatrick two years ago and Winston in his best year. It's the same. I don't think there's any difference. I don't have any faith in Jameis Winston. He's going to throw and make as great a plays as you're going to see and then throw it right into the other team's hands. And Fitzpatrick's the same way. He'll still fire it up. You saw what he did with the Jets. I, I don't see it being any different. He's going to have his four-touchdown, one-interception game and his one-touchdown, four-interception game. I, there's no, I don't, I'm not a big Winston guy. I'm just not. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's going to make a big difference. I'm firing them all up. So, I mean, for – and I know you have um, – in that main event team, you have uh, both uh, – do you still have Jacquez Rogers? I know you still have Doug Martin in that league. Absolutely. And so the, those players this week, you look at Doug Martin, you're playing him regardless of whether it's Winston or Fitzpatrick. Makes no difference to you then, right? It, it really doesn't. I, we, I am playing him. And I, actually, I was looking when, – when the Elliott news came out, I moved him down to my flex just so I can analyze it a little bit because we're obviously going to go with Hunt and Elliott. Um, Man, I, I got to tell you something. You, you know, sometimes you have to you have to throw out the stats, throw out everything else, and have the eye test. And Doug Martin looks faster to me and quicker to me this year than I've ever seen him. And I, I like him. I, I, I like him, especially you know Fitzpatrick's going to play. They're going to have to feed him the ball. And um, I, I just I like the guy. I'm, I'm pretty high on him. I remember a lot of people in preseason talking about Doug Martin saying how good he looked and, and how hungry he looked and like, you know, just that it was in this fantastic shape. And then you look at, so, okay, that's just talk. But then you look at Martin, his first game, you know, coming off the suspension, yeah. it looked great. I mean, it looked like he had already been in football shape and then it like he, he hadn't missed a beat. So I think there's something to be said for that. Um, we did. Uh, we, um, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't know what the percentage is, and we'll never really know, but we plugged him in right away. Um, took the leap of faith. I said, the, the guy just looked too good. You know, I, I've seen a lot of Doug Martin. I've seen him when he's a little sluggish. He's got that first step this year. He, he looks hungry, mean. I, I like him big time. Yeah, fortune favors the bull. That certainly paid off for you there. Uh, I'll tell you another thing uh, that you guys did with this main event team this year uh, that's really paid off for you, Deshaun Watson. You get you guys get him uh, on this team. Is there any reason for for anyone to believe that Watson can't keep crushing it week in week out like he has been with DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, Lamar Miller, Deontay Foreman looking rejuvenated in that backfield. Ryan Griffin obviously been a very serviceable tight end. He's got some pretty good weapons there. He's crushing it right now. Does he keep it up? I think he does, but I'm gonna correlate this to baseball. A little bit, you know, when you see a pitcher for the second time, you got a little, a little better chance. I think the more tape out on him, the more he's going to struggle. But, you know, he's a winner, man. I mean, you just go back to, to Clemson and and that game, and the guy the guy is a winner. Um, I like I like Bill O'Brien. I, I think he's a good coach. They, they have weapons around him, which makes it easier. You know, they, they can run the ball if they need to run the ball, which always takes heat off a rookie quarterback. Uh, I'm happy to have him on my team. Um, I'm going to stream him when I want to stream him. And um, 
he he looks like a really good young player. There's really good young quarterbacks in this league right now, and um, you know the wave of the future is definitely here. You have to love it if you're a Texans fan too. In that AFC South division, it seems like it's wide open every single year, and and Houston is always. You know, they've, they've had the skill position guys. They've obviously always had the defense, and now it seems like they finally have the quarterback that can take them to that next level. We could be looking at uh, a stranglehold in that uh, in that division with Watson and the Texans uh, going forward. Uh, let's talk about blind bidding. This is uh, obviously uh, the, the waiver wire uh, is running uh, for, for you and I to talk about it now. It's running tomorrow night. For anybody who's listening to this, it ran last night. Um, when it comes to blind bidding in the main event and in the Football Guys Players Championship, what do you think the biggest mistake is that you see first-year players, uh, first players making when they're placing the bids on the FFPC waiver wire? Well, it's, it's like anything else. You know, anything else in life, when, you, when you're not familiar with something, you're a little timid, right? So... This is why the, the FFPC is an 11-week league, which, you know, if you're playing in Yahoo Home Leagues and everything else, it's 13 weeks, stretches it out, gives you a little more margin for error. You know, you got to get off to a good start in this league. You know, you start out one and four, you're not making the playoffs. Three losses usually does not make the playoffs in these leagues. Uh, two losses, you got a shot, you better score some points. So, you know, you really got to get off to a good start. So I think the biggest mistake is people will save that bad money Instead of if there's somebody you want to go get in week one or week two, you go get them. You know, that money's worthless. You know, as, as you get through the year, you're, you're sitting there, you know, six and four. It doesn't matter that you got $700 sitting there. So uh, that's the biggest mistake I see is go get who you want to go get that's going to help you win now and in the future if you think it's that guy. I, you know, and I don't have any kind of statistical backing to, to say this, but I do know from my conversations with high stakes players, I, I've, I've heard many, many times, oh, you know, and then I spent $700, $600 on this guy in week two or week three, um, and he really helped our team out. I've heard that a ton. I haven't heard, oh, I, you know, I, I saved my money. I got this guy in, in week 10, and, and he really helped me for these two weeks, you know, um, uh, you know, as a flex or something like that. It seems like the success stories I always hear and the teams that are successful are the teams that are actually using um, their, their fab money early on. David Hubbard's a perfect example of this. I mean, he, uh, you know, wins the main event last year with Nelson Sousa. He's notorious for blowing a ton of his fab money early on in the season. But, you know, if you get these players off the waiver wire early, they can help you all season long. Whereas if, if you sit on it, that's fine, but the players that you're getting there are only going to be able to help you for a few weeks, if at all. It's all about planning ahead. You know, if you're making your team deeper and adding a quality player to your to your lineup, it, it, you want them as early as possible. It gives you the flexibility if somebody goes down, and and that's what you're always thinking. You know, if this guy goes down, you know, I, I, it's next man up. You got to have the next man up, and if you wait too long into the season, you know, and, and you don't get that guy. Somebody outbids you late in the season. What did you do? So I like to go in real strong early because people are a little more timid. I kind of relate it to a poker tournament, um, which I'm sure you're familiar with. You know, in the beginning, people are, you know, the blinds are 25, 50. You know, they're not putting in $1,500 bets. They're playing to what, what the, the level is. And it's an advantage to be able to go get people early in the season if you're aggressive. 
Nelson, you've been uh, so very gracious with your time uh, this week. I certainly appreciate it. Before I let you go, I do want to ask you one last question. A guy uh, that you look at with the FFPC, a guy that was drafted relatively high that, that you are pretty much ready to give up on uh, for 2017 uh, because it hasn't clicked yet for him and you don't see it happening uh, the rest of the season. And then on the other uh, end of the spectrum, a guy that you'll actually be targeting or that I should say that you did target on the waiver wire prior to week seven. Um, well, we talked about Brian. I'm a little disgusted with it, but I'm not, I'm not failing. That's for sure there. The guy I'm, I'm just, I, I don't get because he's getting 15, 18 carries a game and he's consistently five points a game is Abdullah. I, the guy dri- literally drives me crazy. He looks like he has all the talent in the world. It looks like he's in the right spot, you know, and, and he just doesn't break out. It's it's very frustrating, and I think I'm probably going to bench him. It's it's hard. It's hard to watch. Um, Guys, I'm targeting this week. Um, I think you have to look at Chris Ivory this week. I I really do. Um, You know, I I didn't draft Fournette in one league. I mean, that shows you how smart I am. I I just, yeah, you're talking to a genius here. I don't have him on – I have 20 teams. I don't have him in a lineup. I just – I always felt like because he, he was banged up so much at LSU and his usage there, you know, he, he was always, you know, he was always milking something there. I didn't think he was going to come in and be this tough, but I, you know, I saw his knee a little bit last week. I watched that play a couple times and, and I, I would like to have Chris Ivory on, on my roster right now. One other guy I probably also looks like he's going to start making the turn is uh, Josh Doxton. Doxton. I think he, um, I think he has a lot of talent there. I, I, another guy I don't have anywhere is Terrell Pryor. I, I didn't believe in him coming over, even in a great passing offense. And you know, I love the way, the way Cousins moves the ball around. I, I wasn't a Pryor guy. I, I think Doxon's going to start, start getting some targets here. Yeah, he's certainly going to have the opportunity to look at the struggles of not not just Terrell Pryor, but Jameson Crowder in, in that yeah. offense. And, and certainly they are looking for a, a wideout that can really stretch the field, that can get it done on the perimeter. And they haven't really found that yet. I'm with you on Pryor. I was never – I tend to – and, you know, listen, I've, I've blown it a few times with this strategy. But usually when there's a, a free agent or, you know, a trade or something – and it's a big-name player, I, I usually tend to stay away from them um, that first year with their new team for whatever reason. It just it never seems to match up. Um, they, it, the production never seems to match up where you have to draft them. Uh, so, I you know, I didn't get prior everywhere. And it's interesting – I didn't get prior anywhere. And it's interesting you bring up Fournette, too, because he's a guy I feel like I spent most of the summer talking up that I really was on board with Fournette, that I, I thought he was going to have a big rookie year. And then I, just as same as you, got him on exactly zero teams. I always seem to find a different way to use that, you know, third-round or second-round pick on somebody right. other than Fournette, and I'm paying the price right now. You know, not to say that I screwed up those second- or third-round picks, but Fournette's definitely a guy I wish I had would have more shares of. He is. He's, he's got a ton of talent, and he's a big man with a you know great burst of speed. But he's been injury-prone since he came out of high school, and I, I see it happening. I, I, if I had to put some money on it and say he, within the next four weeks he sits a little bit here or there, I, 
it's it's coming. And, I guess. And, it, and it's not like he's coming out of these games clean. It, I feel like, you know, when he talks to reporters afterwards, there's always a question like, oh, what did you do to your ankle there? How's your ankle? Or, you know, what, it, you know what I mean? It's always something with them. And you, you just you hope he can keep it together for an entire season because, man, he's been fun to watch. He is. He's a terrific player. But, you know, he doesn't have the health track record. You know, he doesn't have the Elliott track record where he bruised his way. You know, they're bruising runners and big hits they take. And, you know, L.A. took that for three years in college, you know, big hits, banging around. You know, Fournette was banged around a lot, you know, in the SEC. And uh, he's a big man. He doesn't avoid contact at all. You know, he's a great player, nothing but props to him. But I'd be scared if he was my RB1 right now. Well, nothing but props to you, man. I I certainly enjoyed speaking with you this week. Uh, I wish you best of luck uh, the rest of the way. And in the main event in all your leagues this year. And uh, listen, we'll, uh, we'll talk again real soon. Thanks so much, Nelson. Thanks, brother. Love you. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.